0: Recorded live.
1: Hello and welcome. This is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. What you're about to hear on this episode of Revelation of Revelation has never been revealed before now in this audio format. We'd like for you to listen in now as we introduce the program's topic of today on this one-of-a-kind program where Scripture speaks the truth through the in-depth Scripture studies of Ken Vernon. When directing your browser to our website, revelationofrevelation.com, feel free to download the full copy of the ebook. You also find newsletters and frequently asked question tabs on the home page. Browse at your convenience, come back often, and any questions with Ken will reveal how you can do that. Ask Ken questions anytime, day or night, following the program. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and this program's Truth Explained. Good evening, Ken.
0: Good evening, Brooke. And good evening, everyone. Thanks for coming. Tonight's program will be a continuation of what was introduced last week to be sure that we have no misconceptions about the one sect that I did not cover or the one Christian denomination that I didn't cover, the Nazarenes. The the word Nazarene is applied to one who is from Nazareth. For example, as the Messiah was. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23, we are told that he was to be called a Nazarene according to the scriptures. Throughout the Gospels, we see that very often his name was called upon, and it was always referenced to Yeshua of Nazareth, being Hebrew, of course. And I'm using the Hebrew rendering as opposed to the English rendering that you find in many places in the English translation of the Bible. If you go to a better translation, the, uh, for example, the Jewish New Testament by Dr. David Stern, Or the Institute of Scripture Research, as well as the Memorial Scroll, you will find that those translations are more accurate than all the other English translations of the Bible, because they do not substitute names, especially the name of the Creator, like the other translations do. For example. As I mentioned, the Nazarene, Messiah was to be called a Nazarene. So, as we come to the book of Acts and we find what was going on there, we discover that the Apostle Shaul, or Saul as the English translation renders it, in Acts 24 and verse 5, was identified as the ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Very easy to understand. The followers of the Messiah who was a Nazarene understands the reason are called Nazarenes. The reason that they were called a sect at the time is because the church, as you know by now, broke away from the people, the religious experts in the land at that time, who had continued to observe the law of Moses. They would often refer to Saul or Shaul as a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, but they also used another, not necessarily derogatory term, but they would frequently refer to them as the people who observed the way. And you will find that in several places, once again, in the book of Acts. But the key thing here to remember is that the church today, people who call themselves Nazarenes, who still bear the name Christians along with Nazarene, is in no way connected to the first century church that the Apostle Saul was the leader of. They were called Nazarenes until, sometime later, the people, some people in Antioch referred to the church as the Messianic people, not Christians. If you go through, as I said before, the more accurate translations of the New Testament, the ISR, the CJB, the Zikaron Sefer, that's the Hebrew rendering of it, or the Memorial Scroll, you will find that the word Christian does not appear in any any place in the book of Acts. That then leads to a serious question. Where did the word, or the name, Christian come from? Until there was a Greek manuscript circulating, no one used the word Christ, not even in the Messiah's day. For example, I think I also mentioned this last week, you can go through your entire four Gospels and you will not find the word Christian used anywhere in there. The followers of the Messiah who was from Nazareth were called Nazarenes. On through the book of Acts, we find that they were referred to as a sect of the Nazarenes. Never the word Christian. Again, go through your Gospels, Search them carefully, and you will see that the word Christian is not written in any of your Bibles. And there's a good reason why. The scripture clearly tells us that the Messiah was to be called a Nazarene, not a Christian, not Christ. The word Christ, or the name Christ, comes from the Greek rendering, where the Greek used the word Christos, to describe the anointed one. Problem, but easily fixed. I'll show you right from the Bible. You will see how easy it is for men to tamper with the scriptures. For example, as I mentioned, in the book of Acts, we clearly see that the people of the Messiah were called Nazarenes. If you go to, I'll go to First Corinthians, chapter 5, and chapter 6. I am using at this time a four parallel translations of the Bible which are all together on the one cover. It begins with the King James, The next book beside it is the NIV, then the Living Bible, and then the RSV. I will read a couple verses for you, and I'll show you what's written in a Living Bible. What I read here is not found in any of the other three translations on these two pages that I'm looking at. Here I'll pick it up for you in verse 1 of chapter 6. How is it that when you have something against another Christian, you go to law? The King James renders it as follows. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? Observe the word Christian is not written anywhere there. Let me continue. I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up in verse 2. Don't you know that someday we Christians are going to judge and govern the world? Well, here we find the word Christian mentioned again. But if I go to the NIV or the King James and I read verse 2, here is what it says. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? And as I go through 1 Corinthians chapter 6 here, by the time I get to verse 7, the word Christian appears eight times. It does not appear anywhere in the RSV, the NIV, or the King James. This is how people tamper with the scriptures, regardless of the fact that the original translators, or the English translators of the Bible, translated in Proverbs 30 and verse 6, where it says, Add thou not unto his words..." lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar." If we have lies purposely put in the living Bible translation by the translator. Again, why does this confusion exist in the New Testament era of the, of the Bible? Is very simple. The church is the ground and pillar of the truth. The Apostle Saul made that very clear to young Timothy. These lies that have crept into the scriptures here is further proof that the church today that labels itself Christian does not represent the Nazarene or the sect of the Nazarenes. But we do have a Christian church that calls itself the Nazarenes. Again, I say, not to be confused with the sect of the Nazarenes from the first century. Throughout the apostolic period, but last which lasted someplace in just beyond the middle of the first century, the word Christian was not known to anyone. The word Christian is the work of Roman Emperor Constantine. He was the one who came about used the people he had with him to come up with a Greek translation of the New Testament and throughout most of Christianity today, it is commonly assumed that the original inspired manuscripts of the New Testament was in Greek, but that is not true. Here I have shown you right from your English translations of the Bible that the word Christian, which appears so many times in just this one place here, it appears in Romans, it appears, if you're using a living Bible, it appears in many other places. The English Bible, the English translators of the scriptures who used the Greek version have come gone about the business of changing many names in your Bible. For example, they changed the names of all the apostles. The apostles were all Hebrews. Hebrew people who grew up in the Hebrew land and their names were not English. Today in our Bibles we find apostles with English names. Were they Hebrew apostles? apostles? Or were they English apostles? Again, another confusion that's here, pointing you to the fact that the church which exists today is not the church that is found in the scriptures. They have many names over and over again that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. There are passages in your New Testament which proves that, as I just showed you, very easily here, by just comparing the different English translations. Unless you go about the business of really looking for the truth, as we have done, that is the purpose of this program, we go about the business of following what the Messiah said. If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth and the knowledge of the truth will make you free. The freedom that comes with the knowledge of the truth belongs to the Messianic community. It belongs to the congregation of the Most High. The truth is the pillar and foundation of the church. That is the information that was given from the Apostle Saul to young Timothy and others of his day. The truth has to reign supreme within the community, the Messianic community, or within the church as the Greek translators render it. In John chapter 17, when the Messiah prayed for his disciples, he made it very clear when he said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Hence, we have used the truth as the foundation of what we do from this broadcast. If you have looked at this venue on TalkShoe, you will see that we claim that the book of Revelation is a fraudulent work. And the reason we discovered that is very simple. We went about the business of following instructions from the Messiah to his disciples when he said, If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and that truth shall make you free. Obedience to those commands provides you with the Holy Spirit. We find that in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, where the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Him. If you do not obey those instructions, you will not be a recipient of the Holy Spirit, you will not be a member of the first fruits or of the church of the Most High, you will not belong to that very coveted circle that is now being called. And that's the reason why this program exists, because it's time for the truth to come forward. Lies cannot be used in conjunction with truth, it doesn't work. The Messiah told Pontius Pilate at the time of his trial, for this, when Pontius Pilate asked him what is truth, he said, For this reason, I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. In another passage of Scripture, we are told from the Messiah himself, I am the way, and I quote, I am the way, the life, and the truth. No man comes to the Father but by me. The truth is at the foundation of everything we do with the Scriptures. It cannot be otherwise. It must always be pointing us to the truth because that is how we are sanctified, that is how we are made special. In his eyes. Not because we go to church. Not because we attend church functions. Not for any of those reasons. Over and over again, he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. If you read through your New Testament, you will see that several times the apostle Saul Will very often commend people and thank them for being for hosting the various congregations in many places. In Rome, for example, Priscilla and Priscilla and Achaia were commended by Paul for the fine work they did in bringing members of the uh, Messianic community into their homes and hosting their services. They did not go to church buildings. They did not go to the temple in Jerusalem. They did none of those things. The law keepers in Jerusalem, along with the scribes and the Pharisees, those people had no use whatsoever for the community that began who followed the Messiah. I'm sure you can remember from the many, many stories in your New Testament that they constantly were against him. They constantly asked him questions. They constantly spied on him. They did not understand the message he brought. He brought a message of good news, not a system of penal or punishment, reward and punishment, as they had under the law of Moses. They had to make personal sacrifices every time they attended the holiday, of the holiday programs or holiday observances within the nation of Israel. Go to Leviticus 23 sometimes and just take a look at the number of animals that were killed throughout that entire function from the beginning to the end. A solid seven days of killing and killing, and killing, and spilling blood. But they had to go to the designated place of worship, which was the temple. They could not do that at home. Deuteronomy 16 makes that very clear, that the Passover and the holidays cannot be observed in your homes. Today, people who think they're observing those days actually don't realize that a host of animal sacrifices goes with them. That system was set aside. The Levitical priesthood was removed and key. The temple was destroyed nineteen hundred plus years ago and it has not been rebuilt, showing very clearly when the on the Matthew twenty four prophecy that the Messiah shared with his apostles when he told them that the temple was coming down. That temple was torn down by the Romans. All the people who ran in there, along with the priests, thinking that they would be saved, lost their lives. The Roman armies destroyed those people for doing what? Observing the law of Moses. To this day, it is never acknowledged. In Hosea chapter 4, he sent a prophecy through Hosea telling the priest that because they have rejected knowledge, he will also reject them, and there would be no priest to him. That proof came about in the first century. Today, we, the church, we, the people within the Messianic community, the first fruits, first fruits are sanctified by the truth. And that's again, as I said before, at the beginning of the program, that is the focus of the work that we do. We focus on the truth. We very easily, as I show you tonight, how you can see people tamper with the scriptures. And if you do not find a better translation of your English Bible, you will be stuck in Neverland. You will never find the truth. From most of your English translations of the Bible, including the various denominations that you see around you, which are not from the Bible. And on that note, I'll leave it a little time for some questions.
1: Thank you, Ken, my very enlightening, revealing program, this episode here on TalkShoe.com, the venue where you'll find all our archived programs to date, anytime at your listening convenience. Download, or just listen, or transfer them to your favorite MP3 player. Revelationofrevelation.com is a website. There you're going to find the full rendition of the ebook that will soon be published so that all can read it even more conveniently in all the tablets of the world. Tablets, you say. Well, in... Uh, Habakkuk, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this compliant. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Electronic tablets in the digital age, we question, so that a herald may run with it, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. That's from the home page of RevelationOfRevelation.com, where we emphasize that Ken, the author of this work, and myself as assistant writer, have not added a line or a dot or a tittle upon another line other than what is inspired. So line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That's what we are bringing to you, and they am not adding to it. It's simply the truth of which the scriptures prove itself. That has eluded men for millennia. This is unbelievable, you think, and too good to be true. Well, that we leave up to you as you read the materials on revelationofrevelation.com. We did have a guest on from Texas who is listening tonight. Welcome. And other guests, we appreciate your tuning in. If you have a question and you're not thinking of it perhaps at the moment, you can always get in touch with Ken on his email anytime, and we will get back to you with a reply. Now, the email for Ken is easy. Vergetti, V-E-R-G-E-D-I, at optonline. optonline. dot net. So for tonight, we thank you for joining in with us and welcome your next tuning in to RevelationofRevelation. dot com, our website and our program here on the talk Show format. There are other things you'll find on our home page directing you to newsletters and other articles that have been published over this past year. That will bring you up to date and what this program is all about from just ordinary folk. And these end of ages. You'll see also a chronologic time of events also posted on that site. And what do we look for in the future? And how far into the future do we look? Well, it's not too many years, but you'll want to read that material as well. All proven by Scripture on the Ebook in the ebook that we have prepared for you. Until we visit with you next time, this is Brooke Folk, assistant writer, on behalf of Ken Vernon, the author, saying good evening until our next episode. Good night.